This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MQ1 podcast, your audio hub for everything. Milton Keynes-Dons. Well, it's a strange feeling um, coming off of a home game and actually winning it for once. It's uh, it's quite a nice feeling. It's not a feeling we've been used to, um, well, in, in the new year, actually, since uh, I, think, so I think it was, was Port Forest Green on Boxing Day was the last time we won at home in the league. So it's uh, uh, it's not a bad feeling at all. And, you know, it's it's good to get those three points in the bag. And I'm sure we'll chat a lot about that game uh, in a bit. But I will introduce the gents first of all. Can we kick up all off? Um, Duffy, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. You? Yeah, not too bad. Um, busy day at work, but um, I'm glad to sit down with you two gents chatting about Dons this evening. And uh, Joe, how are you, mate? Yeah, it, it doesn't seem so much of a chore um, this evening, does it, as it maybe it did last week. So hopefully a better tone. Well, I mean, compared to last week, it, yeah, it can't get much more um, critical, let's say, um, after all the le- letters, the articles, of course, the past interviews we brought up in that episode. Um but no, it was much needed. And, um, you know, we spoke to a lot of you guys um, at the game on Saturday and before that, chatting about the episode. And, you know, you were mostly just sort of saying how you agreed with us, which is good. Um, and, you know, how it needs to be said and how, you know, the club are, these sorts of stuff, really. And I think they do. Um, but fortunately, you know, the lads did the, um, the jobs on the pitch at the weekend, beating Cambridge 1 0. Um, I'm sure we'll get into whether they, you know, they're a bit fortunate or not because they are the offside goal and obviously Mo stepping up again in terms of big game. But um, yeah, we, we've got our, we've got some free word reviews in terms of the game that we put out on our Twitter after the match just to get your guys' thoughts on it. Um, some of the sort of better ones, and I'm sure we'll touch upon uh, throughout our sort of review of the game here. But uh, Connor Daly says about uh, Tucker not making any mistakes or no Tucker mistakes, which um, yeah, that, that was nice to see. I think he made a few minor ones, but overall no major ones, which is good. Um, uh, Simon Tuck said, uh, what a goal f- uh, in terms of referring to Mo's goal, which is, uh, yeah, it was a lovely finish from Mo. What, what um, other goals are you going to be referring to, Liam? This allowed one? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a well-worked we'll, move, to be fair. We'll get to that, we'll get to that. <laughs> yes, we definitely will. Um, Nathaniel said Mo Salatizer, um, which, yeah, nice one, um, in terms of his free kick. And, uh, yeah, John Samuel, which is my favourite one, quite fittingly put it, uh, Milton Keynes Dons, which, uh, yeah, that sums it up quite nicely as well, to be fair. Uh, winning that type of way and the way we did it was uh, definitely very um, MK Dons-esque. But getting into the actual game, yeah, 1-0 win. Um, I think overall it was a... I think we have been due a bit of a bit of fortune, if you would say. Um, had a bad bit of luck this season when it comes to injuries. Um, 
Spencer and Spencer haven't been luck based, they have been stupidity based, but overall we have been due a bit. So I mean I think Jacko and the squad agreed with that. And yeah, we went into this game, I think, you know, knowing that it was a pretty much a not a well from our perspective a do or die situation in terms of getting those three points and I think we saw a bit of reaction from the lads actually, which was nice. Obviously the disallowed goal happened. Um as Ross said, it really worked well goal from and one of the guys we highlighted on our sort of stat pack on Twitter in uh, Lancaster actually scored the goal. Um, and it was, it was flagged for obst- uh, offside for obstruction from, I think it was uh, Tracy uh, with Jamie Cumming, which is, uh, for me, um, I'm not too sure that's a correct decision, but I'm sure we'll touch upon that in a second. Um, and yeah, literally two minutes later, uh, I believe it's Connor Grant gets fouled on the edge of the box. And then Moisa, uh, as he, he was just usually does in the big games, uh, steps up and takes a pretty nice free kick, um, wraps it around the wall and into the, uh, pretty much the bottom corner to make it 1-0 Dons. And I think after that, you know, the first half we closed off well. And the second half, you know, Cambridge didn't really get into it too much. Um, don't get me wrong, I don't think Dons were were amazing in the game overall. Um, but we are where we are in the league for a reason, I suppose. And, you know, I think I think we we kept Cambridge at bay, I suppose, if you want to say that. But I think, you know, Mark Bonner came out and said that Cambridge weren't exactly um, at the races either, really. So it's a bit of a bit of an unavoidable second half. But, you know, credit to the lads to getting the three points at home. And I much needed three points, Ross, in a, in a six-pointer, really, at the bottom of the table. Yeah, we said the three points was a must and they done that and it's very much a job done. Um, in terms of the first half, I felt, I said obviously prior to the game, it was obviously two teams didn't want to lose a game and you could tell that by the first half. But I think um, we slowly grew into the game um, defensively. I don't feel like um, Cambridge done too much, but then again, you could obviously question how um, how much confidence that their front line actually lacks um but in terms of what we done um we i, th- I thought we played okay it wasn't great in terms of the performance but I, I don't feel like the performance was needed it was just a case of the result um because at the end of the season we're not going to remember cambridge at home um and i think yeah I, overall I, I, yes I, I was a bit disappointed we went back to our old ways in terms of sitting back in the block because I did feel like Cambridge were there for the taking in terms of they weren't doing much with the ball. They were just trying to be, uh, pass around our block and use the wide areas and utilise the corners and long free kicks. So, um, yeah, maybe it was just a case of um, we just wanted to see out um, the win. It, and obviously, I feel I feel like the changes did show that also. Um, but obviously, we ground ground out the result and you obviously you've got to give credit to Mark Jackson because of obviously um I do feel like the substitutions worked. Um and as I say, we we kept we're held on and we got the most important three points of the season in my eyes. Yeah, most definitely the most important three points of the season. You know, it's uh me and me and you said Ross that it was the most important game I've seen so far by far and I think the, as the weeks go on the games get more and more important. But this one in particular was a big one and yeah, it was nice to see the lads see it out. Um, and interested to see how they went through it tactically. But uh, but Joe, how did you how did you find Saturday at home against Cambridge? I've got two three word reviews. Um, I know that's six, but um, I couldn't decide on one. But I think at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't matter how. <laughs> we just got the job done essentially. Um, I think we had more in the tank. You know, I know Ross mentioned about you know second half we were sitting back. But to be quite frank, I think they had two shots from set pieces and that left four shots in the whole game. And they, I think two of those four shots came from 
in the first half when they were counter-attacking us. So I think we were basically saying, look, you can just come on to us. We're more than happy to try and get you on the counter-attack. And, you know, that leads me on to my second yeah, three-word review in terms of the brave changes worked. It would have been easy for Mark Jackson, especially with Jules being out, to say, no, we're going to go back to the 4-3-3 or the 4-2-3-1. But, you know, doubled down on the back three system, um, brought in a certain Dean Lewington, who we'll get on to, um, and Connor Grant as well, who I'm sure we'll talk about in, in a little while, a bit more. Um, but I thought that, for me personally, the man of the match was Sully Kai Kai. I thought that he put in a hell of a shift defensively, but I think it just goes to show that when you've actually got people that play wing-back that can actually attack, you know, rather than someone like Tanai or Harvey, who we've all, we've said countless times, they're not wing-backs. We shouldn't expect them to be having six seven, eight, nine assists a season and three goals or whatever. You know, they're not an Ethan Laird. They're not a Kessler Hayden. They're not those sorts of players. But Kai Kai, you know, normally does play on the wing and he, he almost sacrificed himself at wing back. Um, but I thought he was a real threat going forward when we were counter-attacking. Uh, the moment of quality from Mo, absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, in terms of just second half, I think, yeah, we did get a bit deeper and deeper. But I think... You know, we were ha- kind of happy to just because of the lack of quality that Cambridge had, really. Um, they actually, I think they had one cross that was successful. I mean, we didn't have many that were successful ourselves, but um, they had one in 12 crosses that was successful. And I think the epitome of that was the person who was named man of the match. Um, I think Kai Kai personally pipped him to it, but had a great game in Tucker. Um, he won eight out of 11 aerial duels, which I think, you know, he, he was just dominating the two strikers, Charlotte Tracy and Sam Smith. Um, and then that Lancaster, Lancaster as well. Um, so, yeah, overall, I'm, you know, it wasn't a performance where you go away from it thinking, God, yeah, we're, we're back. But we showed enough and we showed, you know, we showed that there's a bit of fight left in us yet. Yeah, yeah, definitely fight there for sure. Much more than we've seen in the past, well, most of the season, really. And it was nice to see. And uh, you mentioned Kai Kai, I mean, he was, he was as advanced in terms of average position as, as the three forwards, really, Joe, in terms of especially Nathan Holland. So that kind of shows how how much work he did put in on both sides of the ball. And um, yes, yeah, it was a good chat actually there in terms of his performance. But let's chat about the offside goal, lads, because I'm interested to hear your, your all of our thoughts really on it. Because obviously, if you didn't see the game, um, as Ross said, really nice build up from Cambridge. We're on that, and onto the edge of the box, Lancaster. You would pass, I think, one of our players um, puts it bottom corner. Uh, the I think it's a line disallows it, um, sort of flags for offside essentially because the striker Tracy is seen as obstructing uh, Jamie Cumming. Um, and obviously, when we talk about obstruction, we mean he's, he's stopping Jamie Cumming making that save, essentially, what the linesman is saying. Ross, did you agree with the decision from the linesman? I'm a bit 50 50 on it, to be honest. Um, I don't think it was obstructing Cumming, but I think Cumming, um, he took the gamble and uh, he didn't dive and he blamed his man in front. And I think it was a bit soft. I do feel like um, they knew they didn't get out quick enough. And um, yeah, you can you can, you can can argue it, but just looking on the highlights, I know it's from a certain angle and it is hard to tell unless you've got an angle behind in the cow shed. But I just, from my personal point of view, I don't feel like he's obstructing the keeper. And when it did go in and the ref blew it, I was surprised um, just because of um, the striker ha- has no intent to play, try and get on the end of the ball, one. And two, 
Um, you see him stood to the left of Cummins and Cummins shifts over and then he blames his man. So I, I do feel like um, it was a bit soft, but I'm not going to lie. I, I will take it at this stage of the season. Yeah, the way that coming like sort of went through the whole motions, like I was really weird because I think the way his positioning is really strange. It's, you must miss think like Don, there's maybe like a Don's player next to him instead of a Cambridge player because the, the way he reacts after the goal was in is like, yeah, really frantic arms in the air. He must think it's like a Louis or Tucker or something because he can't think it's a Cambridge player next the next to him with his hands up, literally saying, I'm not touching the ball here. I'm trying to stay out of the way. Um, but as I said, we'll, we'll take it and uh, we'll move on. But Joe, did you think it was a correct decision yeah I've just been sort of just watching it back just now just to refresh my memory and I think it's one where actually by the letter of the law it, it's correct um, it, we just don't see them give if, if there was VAR I reckon that would have been given in the Premier League as in, as in that goal would have been chalked off I think that is the correct decision and I think if VAR if it wasn't given and VAR was around I think it would have been disallowed 100% because you can actually see that Tucker leaves it, he goes to have a go at the guy next to him and then realises it's not actually his player. Because you would expect that if he thought that that was an MK player to his left, he's probably just not diving because he knows that it's going to be blocked. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it's because you can actually watch coming. He turns, looks at the person next to him. He goes to complain. He goes to have a go at him like, oh, why the F didn't you, you know, get that, uh, block that? And then he realises, oh, it's actually a Cambridge player. And then he then he runs straight over to the ref, and so I think yeah because there was a reason that Cummins didn't dive, and that is that reason is the fact that um, the, the, there's a player next to him. Okay, he thought it might have been an MK player, but that still doesn't change the fact. Um, so yeah, I think it is offside. Whether or not it's whether or not people agree whether it should be offside by the laws of the game, that's a different matter. But I personally think he is interfering with him because he doesn't dive. And I'm sorry, does he's he, not Dave does Martin. He not, does he not dive <laughs> due to him thinking or already been beaten? No, I don't think so because he goes to have a go at the person right next to him straight away. So I think he, he knows that there's someone there and he goes to have a go at them straight away. So if, to me, he's thinking that that's an MK player. So I, yeah. think, I think, yeah, I personally think 100% it should have been chalked off. Yeah, I, I think for me, they're watching it back like a, I mean, it must be at least 10 times now. He, he has to think it's an MK player for him not to dive. Because um, he, I think even... So he goes to have a go at him and then he runs to the referee. So he doesn't just run straight away to the referee. He, he, he goes to have a go at the person next to him. Like he literally turns with his arms to the wards of the player and then he's and he's like, oh, and then starts running to the referee. It's like that Jose Mourinho meme when he goes, for, when he when he puts his drink <laughs> when he's drinking his bottle and then runs up off the seat it's like he just turns and all of a sudden he realizes and just sprints over to the ref so <laughs> i'm yeah i'm I'm 100 percent sure that that should have been given and even if even if he wasn't offside i reckon it should should have shouldn't have been a wow well, yeah either. of course and i was i was a cambridge <laughs> fan saying they were felt they were harsh done by and at the time i was thought maybe they have been but you know i think i think the more i've watched it i, I understand is it a bit fortunate? Yeah, of course it's fortunate. Everything in football is fortunate, those type of games. But, you know, I think overall it, it made sense why that goal was disallowed. Um, okay, obviously the main topic of the game heading into it and once you saw the team sheets at 2pm was a uh, was the return of Dean Lewington, um, a player who has been out for a long, long time, an injury. 
I said last week, he doesn't get injured often, but when he does, it seems to be for an extended period. Um, and you know, you know Baz's Baz's three word review in, in Dean Scott Livington is his full name. Kind of sums it up actually. You know, he came back and I was all I was always interested to see how he'd be with Tucker, um, as centre back pairing. Obviously, I have Sinai there also, but those two in particular. Um, and I thought he brought a lot of stability and the sort of calmness to that back line overall. Um, he didn't have a six six minutes, didn't have a in terms of stats a standout game, but he didn't need to. He just needed to do his job. Um, settled that team down who had been all over the place the past week, month or so and even more than that and Ross I felt um, Louis did that quite well Yeah and he had Sam Smith yeah he, he had him all all day long every time that ball went in behind obviously Cambridge were looking at Lewington as a sort of getting behind user pace I don't think Lew- Lewington ever got beat beat by him and just just shows that experience pays off in this side and yeah, it's something we, we've obviously lacked. But in terms of just his awareness of the game, um, he's, he noticed when Tucker came out, he, he could drop drop back and fill in the gaps. And I think that's probably something we've lacked, just a bit of composure, as you say, Liam, and just experience in the side. Um, obviously, it, help, it helps, obviously, um, when he's, he's committed to going into challenges and obviously the typical Dean Lewington foul. Um, I think we we've missed that for the past few few weeks, especially when we're one nil up. Um, but obviously, when it goes against you, you hate it. Um, but yeah, I've got no words to say about Lewington. I think every every time he does play, he get he just looks to get better and better. And um, you wouldn't have to, wouldn't been able to tell our fans for sure that it was his first game back in a long time. Yeah, most definitely. And I think for this. That performance in particular, Joey, he came back at the perfect time. You know, the biggest game of the season. You know, three points was an absolute must, as it is this weekend against Accrington. And, you know, he helped us massively and deliver that. Yeah, and I think one of the big criticisms we had after the um, the Port Vale and the Lincoln games was, you know, playing out from the back. You know, we, we I think, you know, we, we all are, are agreed that Look, okay, we don't want to be totally just passing it around for the fun of it, but you know we do agree that you know we like the defenders to play around with the ball and you know play for out from the back. But at Port Vale and Lincoln, it was almost like you know we people were playing themselves into trouble. And Dean Lewington, you know, he was you know if Tucker was ever in a sticky situation, he was offering to help. You know, in terms of he'd open up his body, he'd offer and look for the ball, and then also just giving good passes to Tucker and Harvey. So Tucker and Harvey were able to actually come onto the ball rather than be scrambling around and be under pressure. Um, so just intelligence in, in that sort of, it's really easy thing. And like you said, it doesn't stand out on the stats, but it just brings an air, air of calm and confidence because Tucker, I thought, really grew into the game and didn't really have, you know, you say minor mistakes, but I think, you know, most players at this level are going to have things that they do slightly wrong. Um, yeah, he, he was he was for me quite confident, and he, he defended our box as the middle centre back. He, he he was the main man essentially, Tucker in terms of defensively. Um, but yeah, he just added that calm and organisation. I feel, and you know, I think as well. You know, I don't think we were an amazing on Saturday, but I think compared to where we were uh, after that Port Vale game, where we basically got sent. Go League Two. That was the first time I said. First time I genuinely thought. Right, I reckon we could get relegated here. Um, 
Now I'm back. I'm, I'm back believing, especially after Tuesday night's results, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but it's um, there's just an air of calm about the team, and with Stuart looking to come back as well, because um, you know I've, I've I've been very critical of Tanai this season, but even he, I thought, exuded an air of calm about him, and he, and even Lewington was off for the last half an hour, which is where most of Cambridge's you know long balls into the box came really, but we held out fast and strong, you know, two full backs playing at centre back. Um, so yeah, I'm um I'm much more positive for him coming back and I think his experience is gonna be so valuable in the coming games. Yeah, it seems to be that um some fortunes are changing in Milton Keynes and we are getting the the green a little bit it's past couple uh, days and and this past week also in terms of as Joe mentioned, you know, other teams losing last night to our, our advantage. Um yeah, we mentioned about uh, the one moment of quality in the game from the goal. And of course, it comes from big game Mo. I mean, you know, he, he's called most scores goals in big game Mo for a reason. Um, and that was kind of my three word review from the game is, is him, really, because, you know, he, he gets a lot of criticism being on number 10. Um, pretty much starts majority of games without any any real sort of questions to the most part. I mean, some fans do question whether he goes a bit this quiet in the game sometimes, especially in games like Port Vale, for example, where I don't mean Ross talks about it where he's not really getting the service and people think he's not doing much, but he's on the pitch at moments like that, that goal on, on Saturday where there's a one sort of, he knows where the goal is, there's one moment of quality that we signed him for big money for, and that's why he's in the team every single week. And, you know, that three points, Ross could be absolutely vital in our survival. And I couldn't think of a better man for it to come from, really. Yeah, and it's just made it just made me laugh how um, I, d- I can't remember who it was where we were sitting. There were there was a mention about Mo's free kick against Portsmouth, and then he just puts it in top bins, and it's just like, like <laughs> it was me. Oh, was it you? Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't, I I couldn't said, remember well, who I it said, was. I said um, best. <laughs> I said we go over the Cambridge fans are paying attention because his last last time we took a free kick at Portsmouth, it ended up in the stands in light. But no, yeah, he, he proved me wrong. He proved me wrong. And if you just look at his stats, I know he's coming off a massive injury still. And I know it's easy to say that. And it's it's a long time ago. What he's played 22 games since, obviously, that injury. But what he's got a goal contribution every other game and in 18 in his 18 starts. So you, you can't fault him too much just because of the position of this team. Um, obviously, everyone's got their flaws. We know we need to be a lot better uh, defensively and going forward. You can't really pinpoint a certain um, place, but as you say, Liam, he has been uh, guilty of just the chance creation going forward in some games. Just hasn't been enough. And then you can look at the Exeter game, for example, and say, look, Mo should have buried his chances. So yeah, there, there will be games where he doesn't score, but um, I'm convinced he's more than good enough at a high-end League One team for sure. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. And, um, you know, hopefully... He is to say MK next season because we definitely need him for sure. Um, and yeah, you know, as I said, there's a reason why I pay big money for him when he joined from Peterborough. He's scored goals in these games and um, he's actually on a better goals per game ratio than he was last season, this season. So that kind of shows, you know, how much he's having to step up a bit more for the team and actually get more involved in in these goals and these assists. And um, yeah, it's a fair play to him. Anything else on uh, Isa Joe? Just to reiterate what you guys have said, he's got nine goals and three assists this season. And uh, that's from someone that's, you know, I, I kind of want to write off the first sort of five games that he was back because he hadn't played football in six months. 
And in terms of 90 minutes, he's played about 20, 90 minutes in the whole season so far. I think he's, he's made 27 uh, appearances overall, but he's not played the full game. So if you 20, 90 minutes, and he's got um, 12 goal contributions in that. So, like you said, it's better than pretty much better than one every other game. Um, you can't ask for much more at League One level, you know, from your strikers. Obviously, we all want the goalless, you know, strikers that score a goal every um, every. Well, Erlen Haaland did all right, didn't he, uh, on Tuesday night against RB Leipzig? Um, but I think the thing is with Mo, and this is credit to Mark Jackson because I think sometimes you could accuse Mo last season of maybe. You know, not quite, you know, he wasn't like a Troy or like a, a Twine in terms of he wasn't charging down opponents. He was more, very much more deadly box finisher. However, this season, uh, since Jackson's come in, the man's been like possessed. He's been coming deep. He's been much more involved in the build-up play, actually. You know, bar the Port Vale one. And I'm sorry, I, I you know, he is one of the least players I've blame for Port Vale because he's, he was at the other end of the pitch when all the shite was going on behind it. Uh, but I think um, he's, he's much more involved in games, he come, especially you know when he's played off the left and the right before. You know, who would have thought that? And he's really kind of committed to it and he's, and he's looked good in those moments and he's, he's shown a bit, of, um, a bit of steel to him. I think last season we maybe mentioned that, you know, there was a thing about how he does go down quite easily. Um, but you know he, he's getting stuck in, and he's and it's really good to see him add um, other parts to his game from you know obviously the goals. So yeah, got no complaints with Mo. One of the first names on the team sheet for me. Yeah, yeah, same here, and it's true, same with Duffy. Also, it's um, you know he's uh, one of our better players, so he needs to be playing every game. Um, yeah, you know, a, a player that caught the eye um, in terms of team sheet at two pm. Obviously, Libby also caught the eye, but uh, Connor Grant was one that you know surprised a few people. Um, you know, I know, I know. We spoke about first about Connor after the game. You know, Josh said about how oh, Grant's performance surprised him, and you know, his performance overall was a fantastic one. Really, you know, he's playing on that right forward role of the of the front three, um, where you'd typically see Leco playing. Funnily enough, um, and, you know, as as Rob put here, you know, he, Connor got himself in dangerous positions, and he helped a lot in transitions, and that kind of high that's kind of highlighted by you know his four key passes on the day. Technically, he should have had an assist also with that um, foul he got for Isis free kick. But he also won six ground draws on the day and actually got a 7.3 player rating, which is uh, either the highest or, yeah, the highest on the day um, but outside of Jamie Cumming. So, you know, that kind of shows how good he was on the day. Um, and, you know, I think he really passed the eye test in what I saw. You know, he's been a player who has been a bit left out this season. You know, we've seen flashes of what he can do against the likes of Sutton and Taunton. I know it's, it's low league opposition, but Welcome. still... Welcome away. Um, yeah, Morecambe, of course, yeah. Um, and, you know, he's, now he's got his old coach um, in the doors, the assistant in Robbie Stockdale from from Rochdale. Um, yeah, in Rochdale, Joe, he's, um, he's showing some flashes and potentially an opportunity to get back to the team. This was actually his first start since um, Portsmouth away, where he was really good, really, really good, wasn't he? Um, and I think he played in that right channel, that, that um, game as well. So... Yeah, I think um, it's. Um, I guess he's almost the danger of being the forgotten man. But I think one thing that Don's fans need to remember as well is he's not long turned twenty one. You know, the bloke's got bags of potential because we've seen it. But it's just the consistency. And look, I'm not expect. And I think um, 
he, he didn't score or assist, but I think he had the most key passes for Dons. Um, I'm so giving him an assist them. for that free kick. I think he was fouled for that free kick. Yeah, right? I'm giving yeah, him okay. that. Okay, all right. It's like, like FPL <laughs> then, yeah? Yeah, um, yes. Come on. Yes. <laughs> um a sore subject for some people this week, uh, but we won't. We shan't shan't linger on it. Um, but I think it's um, yeah. It, it's we we do because of how big our squad is. You know, you wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Dara Burns play three games in a row and all of a sudden produce something. You know, you've got Matt Smith, who we've seen flashes from. We do have some good players, and I think um, you know it's just about throwing them in at, at certain stages because. Let's face it, this isn't really an environment conducive to, um, you know, to development and growth. It's all about getting crap results and getting over the line because Saturday wasn't pretty, but I'm sure that Mark Jackson just doesn't really give two monkeys, really. Um, and and Conor Grant did when needed to get a bit gritty and he did do the, the hard yards, but he then had that calmness and the touch of class in the final third to um, yeah, link some moves together and help make things happen. So, um yeah, and, and and Mark Jackson actually spoke about how you know this was they had a specific role in mind for him, and I think it really worked because as we said earlier, Cambridge attacking wise they offered li- little to nothing really, in all honesty, in open play, and I think a large part of that is due to um, Grant's work out of possession because I thought he, he was absolutely fantastic both in and out of possession. Yeah, I know when we posted that tweet about Grant that some people were a bit skeptical about his performance, so. Team said about I think I think Samuel said about how he sometimes hesitated to shoot and some, some of his passes were off. But you know, ultimately, Ross, I think he had a I think, you know, while the hesitation might have been there, you know, he's not used to playing football for a start. He's not used to being that advanced for a start, also as a right forward. Maybe well, not consistently anyway. So I think I think those comments are a bit harsh, but how did you find this performance overall? I think that all goes back to match sharpness, doesn't it? In terms of uh, momentum. You're not going to get a 10 out of 10 from a player who hasn't featured, as Joe said, since Portsmouth away. Um, he has, yeah, as you say, he's, he's he's been quite unfortunate because of just before, obviously, Manning got sacked. He, I think he was featuring a bit more. And then, obviously, um, we were looking for new managers and he hasn't just hasn't got his head in the door, really, in terms of starting 11. But, um, yeah, he we talked about, obviously, these players getting opportunities and... Um, I just feel Grant took that opportunity. And um, yeah, and with Mark Jackson coming through the door, I just feel um, he hasn't had a chance to play for us. And um, I just feel in the next coming games, we've asked for a player to step up, obviously due to suspensions, obviously Leco. And I think it's an opportunity for Grant to step up and um, win, win the Dons fans around. Right. Quiz question for you, boys. Oh, God. In all competitions, right? Conor Grant last had had one game before his um, previous start. Who was the manager in in the last game that Conor Grant started? Well, it was one of Louis or Bradley Johnson, right? Uh, Bradley Johnson. Fuck. Yeah, Bradley Johnson. Yeah, Leicester. Yeah, there we go. There, we, yes, very good, very good, very good. But yeah. Bradley Johnson last gave uh, Conor Grant his last start. So, uh, an interesting one. And then before that, it was Dean Lewington, funnily enough. So, um, then, because Dean Lewington actually started him in both of the games in which he took charge. Uh, Bristol Rovers away in the... Uh, Pompey. Yeah. Papa John's Trophy and Portsmouth away in the league. Um, 
so I think maybe Dean Lewinson thinks quite highly to him as well. Um, just, just a little side note, sorry. Just should we talk about some proper stuff now? <laughs> yeah, talk about relegation battle for sure. I mean, obviously... Oh, do we have to? <laughs> well, we're involved in it, so I think we do. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, we had a we had a pretty positive night yesterday, um, obviously with, with Morecambe, obviously losing to Charlton, getting battered by Charlton, really. And I think the comments from Adams after the game was pretty, uh, pretty evident where they are currently. Um, but also Acton losing us to points on Saturday, um, and also Burton um, dropping points at uh, home to uh, Peterborough United, I believe. So you know we're had a pretty as well as Saturday going well. We had a pretty positive midweek Tuesday, Ross. So you know whilst whilst we aren't dependent on other teams, really, we ha- we have to do the job ourselves in terms of getting points. You know it is nice to have those moments where other teams dropping points, fortunes in our favour, and uh, we can benefit off that. Yeah, I've... yeah, I've. I don't really look at other teams' results. I'm more focused on us. I know it's easy. To Classic say manager's that. answer there. What? Classic manager's answer. Kept, Ross, you kept sending me WhatsApp messages all night about this. <laughs> I can confirm <laughs> I did not. I've um, got about six league tables on my phone, thanks to you. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it's it's nice that the results were going were going our way. But I think the uh, the main the main result is obviously on Saturday because of it doesn't matter what happens midweek if we can't follow up with another three points on Saturday because of the gaps going to increase instead of get, it doesn't matter whether we win up a place in the table. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, completely agree. And um, yeah, the games keep getting bigger and bigger. Um, obviously, Saturday Acton is, again, probably the biggest game of the season as it was last week. So what are you going to say, Joe, before we head off to a break? Um, well, well, just on last night, you you haven't mentioned as well that... Um, Accrington's goalkeeper and best uh, goalkeeper was sent off, and their um, best defender was also came off injured. Um, so you, you can't get much um, much more ideal than that. And we actually, you know, moved up whilst we weren't playing. So arguably, we're better when we're not playing. <laughs> so we're going to get <laughs> very complacent now because we're yeah, not better yeah, for the best. We're team. just going to not play on Saturday. <laughs> uh, but yeah, plenty of oh. optimism. Moving into Saturday. save a bit for the acting preview though, Joe. How's, 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 how's that for a segue? Yeah. Well- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Take it. Right, lads. Accurton away. I said um, the biggest game of the season since seven days ago uh, in terms of Saturday to Saturday. Um, you know, going to the Wham Stadium, a place that we quite enjoy. Um, you know, the the uh, sort of bars are decent there and the away ground's not too bad either in some, in some respects. Um, but Joe, Accurton away, give me your thoughts on it all. Um, I'm both looking forward to it and dreading it as well. Um, that journey back will either be a party or it will be 
um, like a morgue. Um, <laughs> it, is, uh, it really is that important of a game, considering Accrington are the ones actually outside of the, uh, outside of the relegation places. Um, they also have a game in hand, which I believe is against Plymouth. So I think we can maybe, poss- maybe possibly, potentially write that one off. Um, but even still, you know, Accrington are the ones we are chasing at the moment. And, you know, it, that, it doesn't get much bigger than this. It's on their turf. And actually, you know, in all seriousness, although they lost 3-1 yesterday. 4-1. They... Oh, no, 3-1. Oh, it... No, it was, it was 3-1. I'm thinking of Morecambe. Apology accepted. Get ahead of himself, <laughs> but they they actually had the better of it for most of the game. You know, Gatcrington. They're not just going to roll over and let us tickle their bellies. Um, so we won't get away with doing nothing. Um, that's for sure. Um, but I mean, it was horrific conditions. I, I will say that. Um, I don't think it's meant to be much better come Saturday. Um, I no no idea what the playing surface is going to be like. Um, but knowing Accrington, they probably won't be using the playing surface much because the uh, <laughs> the ball will probably be in the sky for most of the game. And as Brian Clough, I think it was Brian Clough may have said, um, if God wanted football to play, football to be played in the sky, he would have put grass there. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's it's, it's going to be a tough game. Accrington are much better at home, I think, than they are away from home. And um, we it's huge. And it's I think there's a few questions for Mark Jackson to answer. You know, in terms of selection, because do, do we is he going to change it to potentially what will serve us best, or do you just stick with the winning formula and the players that have you know given you the best performance in the last sort of six weeks or so? Do you stick with them? Um, so yeah, plenty, plenty riding on the game. Um, my sanity being one of the things, um, but yeah, um, slightly looking forward to it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in regards to whether Jackson sticks or twists, obviously I, I did the, um, I know you, you two lads can do it at the time, but I've done the um, preview for the Acton programme this weekend and I've, I have think I went with one change. I put in McEachran over DeVoy. Um, I know DeVoy came off a bit earlier than the rest of the lads that played um, at the weekend and I think McEachran, if he's fit, comes back in uh, to play alongside Bagoma. But yeah, I mean, Accrington are a very similar team to what they were last year. Yeah, they they still press a lot. They're the press level to top five in the league. So we're going from playing the team that presses the least to one of the te- teams that presses one of the most times in the league. So that's a different uh, for Mike Jackson and Co to work out. Um, they like to test the keepers ultimately. So Jamie Cohen will have another busy day. Um, they cross the ball a lot with a wing back system. Um, Mitch Clark is a player who I'm sure Ross and I will chat about later on. But they also average twelve point seven shots per game, um, and that's quite high in terms of most of the promotion teams average that. So they like to test the keeper. Um, and yeah, as, as Joe mentioned, direct style of football, um, pretty high direct speed in terms of getting the ball up the pitch progressively. Uh, the, the third highest, I believe, um, just about. And then obviously, yeah, a lot of long balls because of that. So don't, don't typically like to uh, play through the lines. There's like to hump up to the, uh, Sean Wally or um, Aaron Presley, who is at top for them and um, play that way. But yeah, Ross, in terms of your thoughts heading to Acton, mate, um, what do you reckon? I think it'll be quite similar to the Cambridge game in terms of the physicality in the first half. Uh, both teams trying to match each other up. Um, I do agree with the one change you did make in McEachran. Um, I understand why you've done that in terms of, as I've just mentioned, the physicality of Devoy. I just feel like sometimes he lacks that and he does get a bit pushed over. Um, but obviously we know what technically Devoy can do. Um, but obviously McEachran, um, he'll try and dictate the game and that 
So just overall for the match itself, I, I do feel like it it will be a bit of a slug at times and um, both teams will punt it along or u- utilise the set pieces as much as they possibly can. But I feel like um, whoever gets the first goal um, will go on to win the game. Yeah, I mean, Accrington's general picture isn't really a, a standout one. You know, home form the 21st in the league, you know, the, the 20th in the league overall, and they've um, got five points in the last five games. So not not incredible form, uh, not terrible form for a team down the bottom, uh, really. Very similar to ours, actually, in terms of last five games. But you know, they're a team that can be taken advantage of. And I think we're in a decent position to, as Joe mentioned, with their suspensions and injuries recently picked up, uh, midweek against um, the team they played, you know, it's there's a chance there for us to do well. Um, and I think ultimately it's going to come down to if we stop um, these two players, really. And I'll highlight a few players that I reckon to watch. I'm sure Ross has got maybe a couple also, but um, Mitch Clark is someone that I've, I've been watching a lot this season. Um, <laughs> I do know him from his Leicester days, but I promise it's not for that reason. You know, he's out, he's got five assists this season from the wing back position, um, which is, you know, not bad for a fullback considering he's more of a defensive style. Uh, wing back in terms of how he likes to play um, and with his 1.1 key passes and a 6.8 average for match rating for the year he's not playing bad at all really and I think this is his first sort of breakout season for Accrington where in the past he's kind of been in and out of the team so he's had a good, good season right, right wing back um, there's also Tommy Lee um, he's more of a 10 um, but he can play as an 8 in terms of midfield role um, but you know in 25 starts he's got 8 goal contributions which isn't terrible and and the six big chances created um, isn't a high number, but for a player who is, um, you know, you'll see in our, on our on our Twitter later this week what we show you in terms of his heat map. It's a bit all over the place in terms of where he plays in midfield. Um, so and for a relegation team again um, that are down the bottom, you know, six big chances isn't something to sniff at. But um, Duffy, is there anyone there that in terms of players that you like the look of? I feel I feel like we play this bloke like at least ten times a season. Sean Wally, I just <laughs> he gets about, doesn't he? He does a bit, yeah. Um, but he always scores... Well, it seems like he always scores against us every time I mention it. Um, but I think Sean McConville, I think he's he's a really good player of theirs. Um, I believe he's got uh, four goals, three assists. Um, and he just came back from suspension. I believe, obviously, um, he got two-match ban. I don't know what for. Um, I'm pretty sure it's something similar to what that James Gibbons done in terms of violent conduct. But... Um, yeah, I, I do feel like Accrington can hurt us in all different ways. It's not just long balls, as you say, in the wide areas also. So it'll be interesting to see how we match up, whether we go four at the back or or we um, go five. It'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, overall, I feel like it will be a tough game to uh, win. Yeah, yeah, it's good that we've highlighted. Well, it's interesting to highlight both the, the wing-backs in McConville and Clark because I think they are going to be... Uh, the key to the game and um I think we will stick with the, the five backs so it'll be Kai Kai and Harvey's job um to hopefully notify that and maybe the overlope of Grant on that right hand side again works and we uh, go for it especially with McConville and how uh how attacking he's uh, been this season. I mean Duffy in my notes I've got here that you know whilst winning at Cambridge was nice and it was a big three points, you know, if the lads don't follow it up with the winning against Accrington, is is that kind is that win not not even pointless, but is it does it become null and void for you? Um, yeah, I, I do feel like you, you've got the momentum and they talked about turning a corner in the interviews. I know Tucker mentioned it. Um, no t- corner's been turned if you can't get three points here because of the end of the day. I know it's 
it's a hard place to go, but we're in a relegation fight and we're looking at these for next three games, well, next two games, obviously against Accrington and Morecambe. You've got to be saying to yourself, if we want to get st- stay up in this league, we've got to really be getting six points. And um, I think the next three after that, as I say, they're top half and we know what a record against top half is. Um, so, yeah, as you say, it's... I do feel like three points is a must. I don't. I wouldn't settle with a point, um, just because it's the nature of where we are. Um, but as you say, yeah, we've got to capitalise on the momentum for sure. And uh, do you think we will? Do you think we get three points here? Uh, yeah, I don't. I, well, I don't want to jinx it, yeah. but I, I do said, yeah. believe it will be one goal in it between the both both sets of teams. Yeah, it's um. I think we have the advantage here. Um, I don't think it's a big one, but I think we do have the advantage. And obviously our waveform is is reasonable compared to Acton's home form. So that gives us a bit of an edge also. But yeah, I think on in multiple ways, we do have the leg up here, if you would say, over Accrington. So yeah, there's a chance we win. And obviously I hope for all your lads traveling up that you do get the three points because otherwise it could be, as Jerry said, a bit of missile trip back uh, to, to Milton Keynes and, and further on from that. But yeah, I mean, action's a nice, a decent away day, um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm fairly, I'm fairly confident for this one. Joe, what do you reckon? Do you reckon we get uh, three points in Acton? Yeah, I think, I think Ross is um, along the right sort of lines there, where it's a game where neither team wants to lose, so there may just be the one or one or two goals in it. Um, they're not, they're not um, afraid to have a go, um, but I think you know maybe that could leave them open at the back as well. Um, I hope the conditions aren't too bad because I think that will play into their hands. Um, and yeah, I think I think we've we've got the ability to do it. We'll hopefully confidence will be higher. Um, Stuart won't be far off coming back as well. Uh, maybe he might be on the bench. Who knows? Um, but yeah, really looking, yeah, looking forward to it in a way. Um, but we'll see what comes. But I think um, it'll be very tight. But I think we, I, I think we'll edge this one. Good stuff, good stuff. Right, lads, before before we go, and uh, sorry, Joe, this is a game just for Duffy, so I'll, I'll leave you out this week. Uh, I'll, I promise I'll get you involved next week. Um, we've got a no bit problem. of... problem. <laughs> good stuff. We've got a bit of a, um, a this or that, Ross, that I'm um, keen to get you involved in Don's theme. Oh, God. Mm. So we've got we've got two options for each question, um, and you've essentially got to give which one you prefer. It's as simple as that. Okay. Do I have to give a reason why, or...? Um, you can do after if you want. We'll make it. We'll make it quick. Fine. Any reason you can give after. Okay. Right. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Right. First one. George or Sam Bulldog? Sam Bulldog. The fourteen fifteen team or last season's team? Last season seen by Country Mile. Lewington's or our local pub? Local pub by by by. <laughs> But the land of this <laughs> land of this world. <laughs> Good answer. Um, J. Emmanuel Thomas or Simon Church? Uh, Simon Church only because his goal against Red in the Championship. <laughs> Good choice. Um, Don's only uh, Benicophobia or Patrick Bamford? I'm edging towards Afobe only because of the Manchester United game. Okay. Uh, final two. Uh, the best one out of the lot: Josh Cody or Ngogbo. I'm going by. I think I'm pretty sure. At least he got on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, uh, Chucks and EK are Healy. I'm probably yeah. edging Healy only because of his just he was he was a machine when he was there. 
I'm not not saying Anico wasn't, but he was in League Two and he was just used as an impact sub at times, wasn't he? Yeah, good man. I like your answers there. I think I might I might, I might have just gone Chucks, but yeah, I think overall I like, I like them ones there. Okay, well, we'll end on that. Thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode. Um, yeah, if you're off to Accident at the weekend, um, best of luck in your journey. And yeah, I'm sure you know, us lads will see you there. Um, but until then, come on, you don't. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.